Welcome to Mighty House. This is a radio show for people with problems. Home improvement problems, that is. And for people who want common sense guidance on how to build green and live a more sustainable lifestyle. Send an email or call into the show. The Mighty House crew is on the job. This is Mighty House. All right, you can join us on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Periscope Live right now. Brought to you in part by Mr. Floor. And wherever you're watching, click on the like button and subscribe so you'll be notified when we hit the air. Podcasts or previous shows available at MightyHouse.net, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and on HomeImprovementUSA.com. Find links to all of them at MightyHouse.net. And uh, if you want to leave some questions underneath, uh, we'll try and answer them while the show's going on here live and and, uh, answer them as we're going along. And also, Rich, if somebody wanted to sign up for the newsletter, how could they do that? Well, you want to go over to MightyHouse.net, click on the Contact Us page. Just need your first and last name, your email address. Scroll on down and click on Boom Done. Boom Done, just like that. And uh, our special guest today is uh, Dr. Allison Bales, and he's Hmm? from Energy Vanguard. Is that how you say that? That's it. That's it? Energy Vanguard. So. A couple, uh, I don't know, three, four, five weeks ago, whatever it was, we did the H of HVAC. And uh, we wanted to get Allison back on to actually talk about the V part of HVAC. And uh, mm-hmm. Allison's got a, a, a nice list, a blog page. So if you really want to learn way more than what you ever should know about HVAC and right. uh, energy home improvements and stuff like that for your house, uh, you can check out his website. It's energyvanguard.com. And uh, go on over there and, and uh, check it out. He's got a great blog page. You'll learn a lot of great information there. Some of it's over my head. So, you know, oh, it, yeah. you got to take that for what it's worth. But, um, you know, that's just the way especially it goes. If it's you all read good the, information. Especially What's if you read rich? the comments after a post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then yeah. they really yeah. get in the weeds. Then it's oh, really yeah. bad. That, that's yeah. where the geeks come out. Uh, it's, it's, right. uh, it's a lot of fun. So uh, what we're going to do is we've got 12 or 17 steps to better ductwork system. So right out of the box, Allison, let's give you the first one. What is it there, uh, Fuzzy? You got yes, it? Yes, with Allison Bales. Oh. Oh. Yes. <clears throat> there it is. Don't blow air Don't. on people. Right. Don't blow air on people. Um, so do you want me to go through and exp- t- say a little bit about all these yeah. as we put sure. them up there? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just so go don't ahead blow and give air. us a quick yeah. overview. Uh, so, let us know what that is because um, at least for – in, in my master bath, I thought I'd be really good. I'd put the vent in the ceiling. It was right over the window. And when the when the air turns on, it blows cold air as I'm standing at my vanity right at my back. And, of course, when I'm uh, doing business, sitting down, it blows on me over there, too. So it's kind of cold um, yep. when it first comes on until the heat comes around. Or if the AC is blowing, you know, things get uh, tiny. So we got to be careful <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, blowing air on people is not good. Uh, um, drafts are uncomfortable in the wintertime and even in summertime. If, you, if you've just come in from outside and you're all hot and sweaty, then it, it will feel good. But if, if you've been in the house for a while, your metabolism is, is down to house level, then uh, that cold air blowing on you is not going to feel so good. What you want is, is to blow the air out of the vents and have it mix with the room air so that the whole room gets comfortable. Right. Yep. And um, so I guess I think we get into it later is actually location of those. Right. So uh, yes. where those vents are, too, that's that's further down the road. So um, does it matter whether it's blowing down or blowing up? You know, um, 
Does it it, it so, depends on the configuration in the room. Okay. Yeah, yeah we were always, uh, just as a rule of thumb with no mathematical skills, we always kind of said three tumbles so that everything was sort of away from each other. So that would have allowed time to mix so you didn't short circuit supply and return and or just blow it down on somebody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yep. Okay. So blowing air on people is not good. Not good. No, not good. Okay. Um, slow down the air with bigger ducks. Yeah, so um, the uh, if you read the the guidelines, so the protocol for duct design is called Manual D from the Air Conditioning Contractors of America, and they um, in there they have tables for designing the um, velocities for supply air and return air. And supply air, they'd say you know up to nine hundred feet per minute. Well, 900 feet per minute is pretty fast, and it turns out that when you move the air through the ducts faster there's more resistance. There's more resistance to a, a fluid moving fast than to one moving slowly. So you, um, you increase the, the static pressure is the technical term for the overall the t um, uh, resistance in the ductwork, and you can end up getting less airflow because of that. So if you move it slower, it's, there's less resistance, you get better airflow, and um, you can't always do that, though. So. Okay, so so what about the space pack systems that are they they have really small duct you know uh, tubes and they just like come shooting out high of velocity. Uh, what, what's the, yeah, yeah high velocity yeah. what's that called Rich high high velocity small du small diameter ducts right um, yeah those they have their place in in retrofits especially where you, you can't, just can't get ducts through or uh, a friend of mine who's a builder here in Atlanta. Uh, built a house that he took over after it was already designed and they just had no place to run ducts with anything other than that type of system the the high velocity small diameter ducts and uh, but when you do that you have extra resistance and it, you're going to pay for that with the blower energy so the, the fan has to work harder fan has to work harder yeah okay rich number three what's the writ what's the third one can you read it Yes, reach. Use return filter grills. Huh? In other words, don't put your filters in the air handlers. Put them in. That's yeah. where they go. They go in the furnace to keep the rocks out. It well, depends on what space. kind of filtration you want to do. If you're just trying to protect the coil from big stuff, yeah, just use the little one-inch fiberglass filter and and you put it at the air handler. But if you want to do really good air filtration for good indoor air quality. And also, if you want to keep your return ducts clean, put the filter at the grill, and that way mm -hmm. the stuff gets filtered out before it ever enters the duct system. Well, uh, well, well, that slow down makes you know how some of them you'll see sometimes it'll just be like one central return, and it, it blows through the whole the whole unit or the whole right. house. And when you stand there, you can't even talk because there's so much air and wind noise going into that return. If you put a filter there, will that quiet that down? <laughs> Mm, well, probably not in that case. And so the noise issue comes from different things. The, the part of the noise issue could be that the air handler is very close to that that return filter grill. The, um, I used to live in a condo which had that problem. Whenever the furnace or air conditioner would come on when we were in the living room watching TV, we'd have to turn the TV up because it was so damn loud. Mm -hmm. And right. that that's a real problem. The, so in that case, the, the air handler was right behind the, the 
filter grill, and so the blower noise came straight through. So if, if you can put a turn in, that helps. And you have to be careful with turns because that adds resistance too. Right. So, and right. Okay. Uh, if you have no other option, there are companies that make duct silencers that you can put in there, which also add resistance. Duct silencer. Explain how that works. It's the opposite well, of a duck call. Well, duct silencer, is, it's basically baffles. So the air goes through, and um, so it stops the transmission of noise from the blower through the duct system. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we'll, we'll have to look that up and post that. Yeah. Right. Go ahead and give I us like number the, four. Right? I like the uh, grill, the returns, or the uh, filters in the grills. They're much more easier for me to maintain, and I do not have to go up in the attic for my air handler. Yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, that's another advantage of them is um, they're more accessible most of the time. Well, and you guys don't yes. have basements, so. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> and I still cannot. Uh, it's I kept trying to get them to design houses with mechanical rooms and putting vertical units in there instead of putting <laughs> units in the attics, but it's like pulling teeth. Yeah. yeah. Well, just the way, just don't see the need. Is that the way the architects want to do it down there? Is that it? Uh, it goes back to the grandpa. It's how we've always done it. You know, but we do unvented roof structures now, so it's it's a lot better than like my house where you know the attic's mm -hmm. 120 degrees and I'm trying to get cold air out of it. Just something right. about that doesn't make sense, right? Right, so. right. So it's an unconditioned space, which I think gets get, that'll be we're gonna follow up with that here in a minute too. Yeah. Um okay. Okay, number four. Number four. Size yeah. all filters the same. Yeah. Now, so whether you're using return filter, well, go ahead, Rich. You were going to say something. No, else. I was just going to say, is that an efficiency thing or a convenience thing? It's a convenience thing because <laughs> if if, um, if somebody's got say three, uh, whether they're filter cabinets near the air handler or filter grills, well, you know, if they've got three of them and they're all three different sizes, they've got to have three different size filters when they change them out and. That's right. that's um, difficult. I mean, if you have them all the same size, like in my house, we just put in new ducted mini splits in our our spray foam attic, okay. and we um, we have three returns. All of them are 16 by 25 by two. So I just got a, a box of Merv 13 16 by 22 filters. I've got uh, a dozen of them in that box. So that's four changes of filters, all the same size. Yeah, and we're yeah, real good, although it got hard to buy filters lately for whatever reason. But it, it, mine, I have one that's 14 by 14 in the master, which is awesome. Gets nice, comfy in there. Then I have a 24 by 24 grill filter, which is not 24 by 24. It is 23 and a half by 23 and a half. Uh-huh. But <laughs> so it's like, that doesn't help. First time I went to buy them, like, it's not fitting. I have to jam it in there. Yeah. <laughs> So, somebody on Facebook said, ridiculous if there's multiple returns. Could you imagine a homeowner changing them yearly? Because, you know, nobody yearly. changes their filter. So if you had multiple. Oh, we do a month or quarterly. Be, would that be better for the furnace or, or the blower system to have multiple filters that are not changed a year or just have one right next to it that's not changed in a year? I would say multiple because if you've got multiple, then you probably have more total filter area and it's not going to load as quickly. Well, at some point, wouldn't if it was clogging up, it's going to suck air through the seams of the ductwork then too and probably pull air from other areas, I would I would assume, if they're not sealed, right? Yeah, no, that's further down the list. We took care of the seams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Um, okay, number five. Number five. Increase oh, filters. Increase. There you go. Yeah. So the um, the filter has a lot of resistance if it's not done properly. And uh, the design protocol for, Mac, for manual D says that uh, the general pressure drop across the filter is 0.1. You should, when you're doing a design, you should allow 0.1 inch of water column for the pressure drop across the filter. And that's uh, if you do it, if, well, so if, if, you, if you go for 0.1 inch of water column, uh, and you're using a standard one-inch fiberglass filter, and somebody switches it out with a MERV 13 pleated filter that's still just one inch thick. Now you've got a lot more resistance. So if it was one inch of or 0.1 inch of water column with the, the uh, MERV one filter in there, and now you put the MERV 13 in, you probably are going to have 0.2 or 0.3. And a lot of studies have shown that that the the pressure drop across those kinds of filters goes way up. So the way you get around that, number one, is you make the filter deeper. Instead of one inch deep, you make it two inches or four inches or six inches deep. And then you, you also increase the dimensions of it. So instead of um, 12 by 16 or something like that, you make it 16 by 25 or 20 by 25 or 30 by 30. Uh, but it, when you get into the really big ones, then people start complaining about, oh, I don't want my whole ceiling to look like a filter grill, uh, look, right. look like a return grill. So right. um, make it big to keep the pressure drop low. And, and it does work. The um, uh, In our office, we put a system in that has a um, 20 by 20 filter. MERV 13, and the pressure drop across it is about 0. 0.06 with a clean filter. Huh. So. <laughs> the key there, what was that? What That's was that last nice. part you said? What was that? Um, make it bigger? Or the, no, or, what was the very last thing you said? A um, clean filter. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it does. Well, so <laughs> if you do this right, if you do this right, it, it, the pressure drop um, doesn't doesn't increase that much the filter will start looking really super nasty uh, and the pressure drop is still okay generally really? yeah so generally you want to change the filter when the pressure uh, drop across the filter doubles uh, okay by the time it doubles then it's probably about time to change it and for a well-designed filter the the pressure drop doubling is gonna um, mean a really nasty looking filter. So usually people once people see it, if they do, then right. they'll change it because it just looks so nasty. Even though the the pressure drop would say, oh, you don't need to change it yet. It's not that so bad. they wouldn't have a, a meter to test the air pressure across the filter. So would that be when the filter's halfway sucked into the uh, plenum, <laughs> or is it like a quarter of an inch or? Yeah. <laughs> No, that's yeah, when you're straightening the wires to pry the, the thing out of there. You hear chunk, 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 and you open it up, and that's where you're pulling the filter pieces out of the blower. Yeah, that's yeah. that's well, when that, you change it. That's that happens when you turn the filter the other way around. So you you know if, if you turn the filter around, then you can use it twice, right? Sure, because it's still clean on right. the other side. Right, it's self cleaning <laughs> that way. I, I don't. I don't do that. Please don't do that. I, I'm not recommending that at all. That, I, I just, <laughs> no. Somebody told me that the other day that you know turning the filter around so that you can uh, get twice as much use out of it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like your underwear. Perfect sense. Yeah. Go ahead, Fuzzy. I know you want to say something. Yeah, it's like your underwear. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and number six. 
All right, number six, Richard. Provide return air pathways for all bedrooms. That, that seems like a no-brainer, though, but you don't see it a lot. I don't have any in these. The bedroom I'm in and the one across the hall do not have returns. There's a sense of return out between them. So this room will pressurize and get very uncomfortable. Well, go, if you look at that wording, I didn't say put a return in every bedroom. I said make sure that every bedroom has a return air pathway. Correct. Okay. A, a dedicated return duct going to each bedroom is a return air pathway. That's one type of return air pathway. You can also do transfer grills or jumper ducts. Mm -hmm. So you can you can just make sure that that room is connected with the the hallway uh, outside the bedroom so that the air that gets sent in there through the supply duct can find a way back out the return air pathway uh, you know in some cases if the i cut grills over the heads of the doors yeah you can do that and uh, th there are um, good and bad ways to do that one is just to cut a hole and put the grills on uh, with nothing in between but they they make special transfer grills with baffles in them that help uh, dampen the sound the noise. yeah 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 so that, that cuts down noise. what those. about undercutting Jeez, the yeah undercutting the doors can work if the airflow to the bedrooms is small enough um that if you're less than about 75 cfm you might be able to do it with with door undercuts uh, but if if you're looking at a bedroom with uh, you know, 150 cfm you're probably going to need more than a door undercut unless you want to cut it up to the doorknob well, maybe not <laughs> right. halfway to the door. Now. That's what they it's like call a Dutch it. door. It's I only close the top half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a yeah. Dutch door. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Now another option for return air pathway is just get rid of the the, the solid door altogether and just put love beads there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. A, oh. That's a really good return Perfect. air pathway. <laughs> Flashback to the '60s, there, brother. Yeah. It'll go. Yeah. All right, number seven. Follow the two rules for flex duct. Oh, yeah. Two rules for flex duct. So um, that's where you tie it in a in a in a pretzel, and you've got octopus. way too much of it. So you just clump it together and you connect it at both ends. Call it done, right? That, that's it. Yeah, that uh, that that's that's both rules that you don't want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I got them both in one, right? Um, yeah. So my two rules for flex duct are number one: use flex duct only for straight runs. Don't try to turn the air with flex duct. And uh, the, the um, other rule is uh, pull it tight. So okay, yeah. only use it for straight runs and then the inner liner, not not the outer jacket. The outer jacket is going to be tight too, but Insulation. the inner liner, which is the pressure boundary for the duct, needs to be pulled tight. Okay. So, so run it straight and pull the inner liner tight. Two rules. Right. So we do... We use flex in all of our homes, and, and they do not use transition pieces other than maybe some uh, mixture boxes. But for the most part, they bend it. But they are doing a very good job of pulling it tight and supporting it. Um, but my question to you is I hear that the uh, code is going to change that they're going to only allow duct or flex duct to work in straight runs that we are going to have to get fittings. Have you heard anything more about that? Um, I have not heard about that. I, uh, I know that the, so there's different model codes out there. There's the international codes, the international residential code, and which is what I think a lot of the country's on. But then there's also the uh, IAPMO, I can't remember what it stands for, International Association of Plumbing, Mechanical, 
something. Uh, their codes are, are used by some municipalities and the state of California. And a few years ago, they uh, added um, that flex duct could only be used in maximum five foot lengths. Sure. So if, if you're if you're on their code, I, I think you're limited to five Yikes. foot lengths. Yeah. That'll hurt. Interesting. So. So how should you make a turn properly then? Are you are you buying a hard piped 90 or a 45, whatever it is, so that it goes in, round, and then it turns through that? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's use, that use, much less resistance in a piece of hard pipe than pulling a duct tight. Well, so um, as Rich said, you, know, you can do turns and flex duct, but they, they need to be um, long and gentle turns. So you, you shouldn't, I mean, I've got tons of pictures of, of turns and flex duct that are just horrible because they add a lot of resistance and, and you, you can't quantify it because, uh, you know, the inner liner is not pulled tight and you've got this weird turn. Sometimes it's a, like a 140 degree turn. You know, so, you know, I, I've got a picture of one duct going up, going up like this. Let's see. Oh wait! Yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture. Uh huh. Yeah, it's backwards. You gotta, you gotta wait. We uh -huh. are Devo. Um, <laughs> uh, You're showing your so, age, brother. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Almost sixty, so that's all right. Yeah. Um, so the, the duct was going up like this, and then the other side it comes down like this. So, so it's going. That's that's way too sharp a turn. Um, anyway, I, I, so, I've had. Yeah, uh, We've had to run over the top of linear diffusers, do a 180 and go in instead of just going into that side because they wanted to use that space to with something else. So they just did the 180. And I, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. Like, I just give up. Well, and of course, <laughs> yeah. all of their proposals say they will not pressure balance anything because how could they? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. It's bad. Excellent. Okay. Where are we, Fuzzy? Number eight. This one's yours, Rich. Choose better fittings. Yeah. Kind of reverse back to number seven. Yeah. So speaking of those rigid elbows and, and other fittings, the if you look at the uh, the resistance rating for fittings is something called equivalent length, and it's basically the uh, so an, an elbow might have an equivalent length of twenty feet, which means that that elbow, which is maybe only eighteen inches long total. It has a pressure drop or resistance equal to um, 20 feet of straight duct. Mm -hmm. And when you are picking fittings, if you look at the equivalent length numbers for different types of fittings, you can see that some are way better than others. So you, you, can, you can pick an elbow that has an equivalent length of 10 feet or 35 feet. Uh, and then there's a lot of types of fittings used, the, you know, the coming off the plenums and takeoffs from trunk lines and the, the Y splitters and things like that. So, and the boots especially are, are an important one. Right. So look, yeah, take a look at those equivalent length numbers and try to choose one that's better. And so a lot of times you'll just see a, a, a square duct going down through the, uh, the basement or whatever, and then they just put a takeoff right off the top or off the side so that air is just supposed to just turn and do a 90 right through there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they make better fittings than just doing stuff like that, I would say. Yeah. So, um, so a takeoff on a trunk line or you know, an extended plenum, for example, like you're talking about, the, the uh, more gradual the transition, the better. That's the general rule for fittings and, and reducing resistance. The more gradual the transition, the better. So if you've got 
your, your trunk line coming here and you've got a duct coming off of it, if, if you've got, say, a, um, a six-inch duct running out this way, if the, the, uh, when it first comes off the trunk line, if you have it eight inches and then tapering down to six inches, that's going to be a much better fitting. Got it. Interesting. Never heard of, never heard or thought about doing that, but that's pretty yep. cool. Okay. Now, number good luck nine. telling your next guy. What was that, Rich? Good luck teaching your next contractor that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fuzzy, give us number nine. Or not. Or maybe. Kind of. He was on He's a trying. Roll. He's, he's trying. <laughs> Come on, he's Fuzzy. He's tugging it. How about if I do it? Put the air handler in the middle. Uh, there we go. Yeah, so the the total resistance that you have in the duct system depends on how long the runs are. For, for the most resistive, the, the most restrictive run is how you gauge how um, much total pressure or there's our pressure drop how much total external static pressure there's going to be in the system and if you have a house and, and the air handlers all the way on one end of the house your longest run is definitely going to be longer than if you have the air handler in the middle so mm -hmm. keep the um, air handler in the middle if you can and mm -hmm. that that makes your overall system perform better okay so the house i looked at about a month ago where the furnace was put underneath the basement stairs in the one corner that's not good that makes it a lot harder to make it work. <laughs> and then she was complaining that the second floor was cold, except for directly above the stairway, strangely enough. Yeah, short uh, run. Uh -huh. And then the kitchen in the back was freezing cold yep. all the time. Sure. Yep, yep. So they just stuck yeah, it somewhere, I guess. So whatever, it must have fit there. I don't know why. Just how it's how it's done. Drunk <laughs> right along yeah. the I-beam down the middle of the basement and well, just tap off of it. Right. Yeah, this is not always the fault of the, the HVAC contractor. The the architects are not involved, and sometimes the architect thinks, well, you know, we've got this space under the stairs. Let's use that. Put let's put the HVAC there. That's right. what mechanical no, calls. I agree. And, and so, yeah. And then by the time the contractor gets called in, the house is already built. They can't do anything except work with what they got or try to. So right, right. right. On our big ones, we do a lot of plan reviews, so we check all of the, as the architect's drawing it, and then also structural, then trusses, so I make sure I can get through, because it's, it's, it's the hardest one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the the HVAC guy, he's he's got large pieces of, uh, to put, put into the house, and mm. if he's going last, it, it's difficult for him to get around and, and find out, so then you see the that where they have they go down and back up and they're cutting around stuff and it just it's just making the whole system less and less efficient the more they have to do that so yep yep um i'm, I'm sure if you want let, let your hvac guy come in first you'll end up with a much better system plumbers and electricians can go around them a lot easier so yeah like, uh, like allison says the house has to have some place for design for that unit the chases for the trunks and so on so mm -hmm. all right number 10 Use a lot of mastic to seal the ducts. Yeah, tight ducts. Um, you want you want the air that you're conditioning to stay in the duct until it hits the place where you want it to come out. You don't want it leaking out along the way, especially if the duct is an unconditioned space. If you're putting ducts in an unconditioned attic or unconditioned basement or crawl space, 
then you definitely need to have your ducts sealed as tight as possible and insulated very well. If uh-huh. if your ducts are in conditioned space, it's still important because you want uh, – ideally, the system is designed and you know how much air you want to deliver to each room. And and to get that there, you've got to have a system that's not leaking along the way. So, Right. Excellent. Okay. Um, where – what do you got there for us? 11. We're going to make this, I think. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to do this pretty good. All right. All right. Keep the ducks in condition space. Yeah. So we were, and we were just talking about yeah. that. That's what Rich has, right? That's what your house has. My ducks are not in condition space. <laughs> so when the AC kicks on, the first blast of air is hotter than your furnace. You know what I mean? It's like nice. it's crazy. Mm. Yeah. So. <laughs> so the yeah, in in hot climates, putting the ducks in an unconditioned attic, uh, you you pay about a twenty percent energy penalty for that. Your you, your cooling bills are going to be about twenty percent higher if your ducks are in an unconditioned attic. And in cold climates, people usually don't do this, although um, in recent years, there's more cold climate houses with ducks in unconditioned attics for some reason. But in, in cold climates, often you have basements where you, you put the system. So. Right. Well, and unless they split it, a lot of times you're, you're like on a two-story. It's yep. odd. So then they put it in the attic, and then it, they don't seal anything. They don't insulate it, and then they can't figure out why there's mold and stuff on there in their attic because yeah but even though property. my so even though the yeah, duct Rich? works in the attic it does have the r6 wrap on it oh well see that's that's all the difference in the world world it yeah. world of difference with that yes <laughs> excellent okay number 12 oh there you go that ties right into that rich that it does yeah. bury the attic ducts deeply in insulation when you can. Can't get in my trusses. Yeah. So if um, think about the the temperature difference between the air inside the duct and the air outside the duct. Uh, unless, you know, in cooling season, you've got say um, fifty five degree air inside the duct. 58-degree air, maybe. So between 55 and 60-degree air in the duct, and and you've got 120-degree air in the attic, maybe 130-degree air in the attic. So you've got a, a huge temperature difference there, 60, 70 degrees sometimes ac- across that duct. And if you've got R6 on, mm-hmm. on the duct... You're good. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to pick up a lot of BTUs there. Um, now, yes. if you're moving the air fast, the temperature difference, the temperature of the air might not change that much. Um, that's why... Right. Going back to that earlier thing, I said move the air slowly when you can, slow down the air when you can. Uh, if you have your ducts in an unconditioned attic, that's when you want to speed the air up. You want to be towards the higher end, uh, you know, 700, 800, gotcha. 900 feet per minute, because you're still going to pick up just as many BTUs, but each cubic foot of air is going to pick up fewer BTUs Less. and the temperature gotcha. will change. So that's a, that's okay. a good thought. Yep. That's so, interesting. Uh, how many more you got there, Fuzzy? Just a few. We got two more, I think. So, uh, at, no, there, there's 17 total. But, Allison, let me back up just one second. So, my attic, because of the situation, and I knew we were warming up the ducts before the AC would kick on, I changed the type of roof vents I had at the ridge. They had core vent, mm-hmm. you know, that stapled down mm-hmm. stuff. 
and I yep. changed it to open aluminum, the ones that look like little huts, you know, but they're very high and they have a lot of net free area. I dropped the temperature in the attic by 25 degrees. Wow. So that alone, because <laughs> yep. I couldn't insulate, but by getting rid of the excessive heat, venting the room yep. better was a good option. Yeah. So, yeah, anything you can do, well, not anything you can do, but if you can keep the attic cooler and with passive yep. ventilation, that's that's a, a great thing. Uh, radiant barriers can help too, but they generally don't help a whole lot. And, and I mean, the, the savings from radiant barriers aren't great. Right. So, so these two, uh, 12 and 13, go together. I say bury the attics deeply in insulation when you can, uh, which means you know run the ducts between the joists on the, on the ceiling and then just mm-hmm. bury them in insulation. But number 13, avoid condensation in humid climates. That is because if you try to bury the ducts in a humid climate, you could end up getting condensation on the, on the jacket of the duct because now you're putting that, the duct in the insulation it's air permeable insulation so it's still got all the air from the attic down in the insulation mm-hmm. so same dew point same humidity air um, basically and but now with the duct inside the insulation that outer jacket is cooler than it would be if it were up in the hot air above the insulation mm-hmm. and that humid air that's um, all throughout the insulation finds that cooler surface maybe uh, below the dew point and you can get condensation on there so a place like florida that would be a a dangerous thing to do is um, now it is allowed in the irc now the international residential code but you have to put more insulation on the ducts so you've got to put r13 instead of r8 r8 is what's required now if if you have ducts in an unconditioned attic r13 if you're burying them in the insulation so would it be worth it to spray them with uh with foam? Or is there like a, a foam coating that you could put on them that's actually like closed cell foam? You're going to have a higher R value that way? Yeah, so you can do that with closed cell foam. There's um, the, the system called buried encapsulated ducts that's been studied where they run the duct along the, the sheetrock of the floor of the attic and, um, and then spray closed cell foam over it. So they completely encapsulate the duct and then you can bury it deeply in the insulation and it should be fine. Okay. And on R14, so if you got two inches on there, that's all you really need to do then, right? And yeah. you don't have yeah. to get six inches on there. No, no, not with closed cell. Yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah, okay, still costly. 14 though. rich. Shorten the ducts by not putting supplies at the perimeter. But yeah. you're supposed to put the registers over the window. That's where the cold or the heat's coming in, right? That's what everybody now says. We do. Yeah. If we put our record directly over the windows, we get condensation on the glass on the outside. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you're cooling the glass too much. Yep. So, do you find that even with uh, double pane low E windows, Rich? No. But okay. the problem yeah. we want to run into is that um, we use mostly double pane. Actually, all of it's double pane. But because it's impact glass, that thick piece will tend to hold the cold uh, better from night into so we just move them away mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um the original reason for doing this is because a lot of your heating and cooling load comes from the windows and doors because uh in the old days you had a, a single pane window there and that's very little insulating value 
So in the wintertime, it's going to get very cold there. In the summertime, it's going to get hot. And if you blow the air in that area, that helps uh, um, attack the load right where it is. So you're conditioning, now, you're conditioning the air as it comes in. That was an early invention yes. for an ERV, I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, it's almost certainly leaky as well. Right. Uh, Right. So yeah, so you're you're putting that the, the vents there to keep those areas more comfortable because that's where you're going to feel the mo- most uncomfortable otherwise. But now we have much better windows um, and, and wall assemblies and wall assemblies, and so the uh, the load there isn't nearly as high. The walls are still better than the windows, but mm-hmm. we don't need to have the the vents right there at the window, so we can keep the ducts shorter by putting them uh, on, towards the interior. And we can still get air out to the windows if, if with proper choice of um, registers. And, Diffusers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yep, and, and sizing properly. But I said, so again, people you go are to school, all, but... they're commenting on Facebook for us, so. Okay. It's just, this is how we've always done it. all saying hi, good job, walking. all that stuff. What was that, Rich? There you go. I, I just, it's just the way it's always been done. You'd walk out to, into a room, there's the window, go cut a hole in the floor, go in the basement, push the boot up. So it's just, again, that's what we're trying to talk about is that you got to think outside the box and doing this stuff properly is not that much more difficult. Yep. In, inside the box, Rich, that's what we've been talking about. Keep it inside the box. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The building envelope. <laughs> keep your brain out. Yeah. Okay. Number 15. Oh. Take, advantage Take advantage of the of coronavirus the... effect. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the um, the Kawanda effect is something that uh, helps you with airflow. Sometimes, if you've got, say, a high wall register blowing supply air out into the room, and you you put it just under the ceiling, and you've got a nice long flat ceiling that you can blow it under, that air moving along the surface will move farther through the room than if it's just blowing out into the uh, in the middle of the room the surface effect it's, it's also called the surface effect and that helps mm-hmm. the air travel farther so you can get uh, better mixing better throw by using that so, then- so a sidewall vent blowing across a flat ceiling is better than having a diffuser blowing straight down a wall get to the well, room and both can better. both can work it depends on on what your objective is and what the you know where you place the vents on the room and things like that so you just have to you have to look at the room and see what you know what's the best with where i can run my ducts you know sometimes you can't get a duct to where it would be ideal um over there by the window mm-hmm. <laughs> right all right well, so if that if you were on an interior wall that same effect works going down the wall versus across the ceiling or is it or is it a horizontal thing or a vertical thing, or it doesn't matter as long as it's following that wall? Uh, it's well, when, when you start doing it vertically, then you've you've got another effect that comes in, and that's gravity. Right. So the it's mainly on the horizontal surfaces, ceilings. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's mainly where you use that. Okay. Got it. Okay. Sixteen. Rich, this one's yours. Uh, Never use bypass ducts. <laughs> okay. What's a bypass? So, <laughs> you, we need a picture for this one, I think. Yeah, yeah I don't think I've ever um, attempted this stunt. Well, this, we so this refers, 
Well, this this refers to a zoned system. So if you've got one heating and air conditioning system and it's got two thermostats on it, let's say. You've got two zones. So let's say one might be the master suite and one might be the rest of the house. And right. the the they each zone has its own thermostat. There are zone dampers. So when the thermostat in one zone calls for air, the zone damper opens, the system comes on. And if the other system's not calling for air, then that damper stays closed. And what some contractors do, uh, and this is, it's recommended. I mean, it, it, the, the ACA protocols show how to do this. There, there's a zoning protocol. ACA is Air Conditioning Contractors of America. There's a zoning protocol which which actually says that this is okay and here's how to do it. Uh, I am not a fan of it. I, um, several people I know who are smarter than I am and m- much more experienced than I am also are not fans of it because what happens? So you've got two zones. Let's say one's calling for air, the other's not. The the bypass duct then um, will takes the, the excess air because you're blowing extra air in there now, and it'll take that extra air and run it back to the return. So it comes out of the supply. Oh. So one one part of the air is going to the zone that's calling, the uh, and then the excess air goes back to the return vent, or the return uh, plenum. And then it goes through the air conditioner or furnace or heat pump again, and it gets heated or cooled again. And so what happens mm-hmm. as you keep cycling through this bypass duct is... You lower the efficiency of your system, number one. So that, that's your best case. You lower the efficiency because the air coming out gets colder and colder, and the air going in gets colder and colder in air conditioning mode. And you're you're losing the efficiency of your system by doing that. Um, number two, it could get so bad that the coil freezes up, um, and that can damage the compressor. It, if you've got a furnace, it could crack the heat exchanger because it, you know it gets too hot. That, that I think is pretty rare. I think coils freezing up are more likely, but the, um, the most common problem is just la- uh, lower efficiency. So, so a lot of times you'll see that though that they're installing those bypasses because it's a zone system. There's not enough enough air flowing across the coil, and the and the and the AC coil is actually freezing up. So they think by putting this on there. They're allowing more air to pass through it, but um, so what you're saying is even at that you can still get it to freeze up. Yeah, yeah, especially if the zones aren't balanced very well. Like you know, if one zone right. uh, has a much smaller need than the other and is taking less air, so it's a smaller duct. You're sending more air back. It may, the bypass duct may not be big enough. So yeah, you could have that. Yeah, too. most of our systems are are big houses. We do a lot of it. I do a lot of. Uh, zone dampered systems we don't do a bypass but they are balanced per square foot so to speak where the demand should be more equal so that they mm-hmm. do yeah. that um, it's also variable speed equipment so it might only be running at 15 percent so it's not pushing real hard so it's not moving tons of air it's just wherever it's calling for it so right I've had good luck right. with them very little service yeah it's been good yeah yeah so could you also instead of putting that bypass in just have one of the other dampers, even though that zone's not calling for it, where that would just open a little bit to relieve some of that pressure, and and it would just leak some air into the other zone, even though it's not calling for it at the time. Yeah, there's there's um, 
you can create what's called a dump zone. So you just have a, a duct coming off with a, a barometric damper or some kind of damper that when the when one zone is calling and another is not, then that, that damper will open. And so it dumps it into, say, a, a basement that's that's not directly conditioned already, or, or you know, but it's inside the enclosure. Right. You don't want to dump it into an unconditioned space. <laughs> right. No. Right. But the, it's all excess air anyway. In the basement. Right. Nice. <laughs> Okay, uh, number 17. Test, right, this is this one's yours, static Allison. pressure, airflow, duct leakage, and overall performance. See, now, every proposal I get from my contractors, that's specifically excluded. <laughs> yep. It is. I swear to God. Not, they won't yeah. do static pressure or balancing of the system. So we do not stand behind our work. Is that what it says? Yeah. Oh, they stand somewhere on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, which is where they stand when they do the load calculation, right? Manual E for eyeball. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get the MEPs so, drawn up by engineers, but it is still comes down to the guy in the field. I don't care what you put yep. on paper. If the guy in the field yep. doesn't care. You know, it's like Ron yep. and I always said about windows. I can buy you the best windows in the world and junky windows, and I get you. I can get the bad windows to perform better just by the way they're installed. Yep. Yep. So. Yep. Yeah, that's a complicated so one house. doing duct testing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things here. So, um, number one, uh, static pressure. This is that overall resistance I told you about. You want to measure the, the total external static pressure. It's just the pressure drop across the box, the, the air handler or furnace cabinet. And that tells you a lot of good information, but, you know, it tells you how resistive your duct system is, uh, including the filter and um, then you want to measure you want to measure the airflow if you you've, you've designed it with uh, airflow called out for each room in the house uh, you want to measure the airflow and see you know how close you actually are and and have balancing dampers installed so that you can adjust it if you need to because it's probably not going to be there on the first pass unless you get really lucky <laughs> and then um, duct leakage of course we want tight uh, duct systems so they're not leaking whether they're in condition space or not and, and overall that's, and that's putting that mastic on there correct? Mm -hmm. taping them shut yep. they have a, they have tape or the mastic either one you can put on there yeah I, I, I prefer mastic or I mean there's also mastic tape which is a, um, it's a much thicker and stickier tape than the regular foil tape that you see okay yep so and then yeah, uh, the that, that helps your overall great. performance yeah yeah, and and you know there's other things to do like measure the you know the the temperature drop across the coil and, and cooling mode and things like that. Excellent. Well, that's where the rest. I, of how how do we do there, Fuzzy? Good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, just over <laughs> forty five minutes. Oh come on! Wow. Okay. Well, um, with that, Allison, I really appreciate your time, and uh, I know we ran a little long here, but. Uh, it, it, this is good, solid information. Yeah. We are we're talking about the V in HVAC, and uh, right. really important stuff that nobody pays attention to. Um, I think Allison would agree. That's the last thing everybody thinks about. Yeah, that's... you don't see the duct work; it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it, it 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 causes all of the uh, you know when you're uncomfortable in your house, it feels drafty. Um, things aren't balanced. I mean, all that, 
all that stuff is going on because the 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 ventilation, the the V part, the ductwork is not installed properly and it's not balanced yeah. properly. So okay, um, and, and, um, let me just say one other thing. So sure. uh, there's a lot more to ventilation than just the air moving through the ducts as well. There's there's the um, bringing outdoor air in and exhausting air from the house, you know, from the kitchen, and the bathrooms, have, having whole house ventilation. So and that's that's another big aspect of it that we didn't really hit on much. I mean, the, the ductwork that we talked about today applies to that because there's always ducts um, that go with that that part of the ventilation. So yeah, yeah. so we'll talk that's about another ventilating. Show. Ventilation. Yeah. That's a whole nother show doing bathrooms correctly and kitchen yeah. hoods and whatnot and get makeup air. So yeah. you could see what we can yeah. do with 17 items. So yeah. well, Allison, thank you for getting our ducks in a row. Yeah. Quack, quack. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well that's, yeah. that's why Robbie's not <laughs> here right. today. She well, wanted to stay uh, home and eat that, quackers. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, uh next week i think uh robbie's going to be back with robbie's world another edition for that and uh so uh you, you'll want to tune in for that and again thanks allison uh your information if thanks, somebody allison. wants to uh, uh check your out check your blog out or, or give you a call got a question yeah energy vanguard very well uh, or if they oh, want a really well engineered or if they want to hire them to do an energy engineered system Oh, yeah. We do design HVAC systems, yes. And and what part of the country are you in? Uh, well, we are in Atlanta, but we design systems all over the country. Oh, so do you get to travel and go see how they're installed and check them out or not? Occasionally. Usually we're just doing the system design remotely, and then it gets installed. And uh, and you're praying um, it's done correctly. Yeah. We've been follow- yeah we've been following up and um, a lot of them are done. Every once in a while we hear from somebody who says, "Oh yeah, the the contractor just threw that away." I say, "Oh, <laughs> I hate that." So yeah, that. in our locale, we have to turn in. If we turn on our bigger homes, we have to turn in our MEPs, and then the inspectors are extremely diligent about checking the install. If it calls for ten inch, it better have ten inch. You know what I mean? So just go. Oh, good, good. So all right, well that's excellent. All right. Um, again, the podcasts are available um, uh, at, at MightyHouse.net. And uh, you can also uh, go to Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, on Home Improvement USA. You can find links to all of them, again, at MightyHouse.net. We also will post this right on the homepage. So if you missed a part of it, you want to go back and listen to it again, uh, just go to MightyHouse.net. You scroll down a little bit, it'll be right on the uh, homepage there. And uh, you can listen to it again. So, again, Allison, I appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks for yeah. uh, joining Thank us. Thank you, Allison. Oh. Well, thanks for having me. It's been great. All right. And uh, for Fuzzy Robbie, are you there, buddy? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Rich Calgill. Robbie, who took the night off, and uh, Rich Calgill. Uh, what, oh, hey, who's that in the There's background, Ron. Rich? That's Ron right there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in your garage. Look at that. All, All right. right. Cool. Uh, all right. Keep it square and level. Till next time. Uh, Till next time. All right. Yeah. Take us out there, uh, buddy. <laughs>